Hello there. I'm Ryan Woods, a Spartan god. This is my own mind. You're listening to the I'm a Spartan podcast, Scott Knowles. And I'm... What the fuck am I doing this, man? This is fucking stupid. Are you kidding me? I'm doing these favors for these bums? Nah, fuck this. I'm out here. Katie, bring me some wine. I'm fucking out. I am Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. On this episode, I interview Noelle Colbert, and she just did her first 100-mile race two and a half weeks ago. I wanted to do this interview last week, but I was on vacation, so it would have been really hard to do. So, she did this race. It was a 100-mile ultra race, and it ended up being 106 miles. Let that sink in. You're at 100 miles, and you're, you're like, okay, I completed what I signed up to do but wait I've got to go six more miles to actually say I've finished the event that's that's crazy I can only imagine the feelings they had at that point but anyway like I said I wanted to do it last week and they run this race together for most of the time and Zach Wiz and Tony Kenora also did the race with her and I guess it was Two weeks ago, uh, Obstacle Running Adventures interviewed Zach on their podcast. So if you want to hear his take on this event, go and check out that episode as well. But anyway, here's the interview with Noelle Colbert. Noelle Colbert, how are you doing today? I'm good, Scott. How are you? I'm doing really well, really well. It's getting towards the end of the week, and tomorrow is Friday, and I'm looking forward to this work week being over you and me both i work in schools and schools are winding down and kids are crazy so i definitely am looking forward to this weekend coming up right and, and you you told me that you live in massachusetts and you're a teacher up there is that what you do uh no i actually used to be a principal at an elementary school and then um within the past right before actually covid hit i was asked to become a consultant to work with developing programs for kids that have social emotional struggles. So I work with districts all over the state, um, helping de- design programs to help kids that are that are struggling. That's that's pretty neat. Um, so how many years yeah. were you a principal? I was an elementary school principal for seven years, and then before that, I was in middle school as a vice principal for oh my gosh, like another seven and then I was a middle school teacher before that so I've been in education for like well over 20 years long time so were you like (laughs) (laughs) so were you like the principal that like the kids feared were like oh shit here comes Miss Colbert let's run and hide or were you the cool one yeah I was like the bad aunt that would come (laughs) in and get the kids all riled up and then and then leave and Mm. let the teachers deal with the problems um, or I would be out in the hallway and wanting to race kids down my own hallways at school. So, <laughs> no, they all knew that I did Spartan races, so they were they were pretty into seeing what I could do out on the playground and stuff like that. That's pretty cool. Did you like? Yeah, did you have fun. to like spank kids, or do they even do that in your schools up there still? I know we when I was no. in school, they were still spanking. 
Oh, yeah. No, no, they don't. And fear is something that a lot of kids don't have. But no, they they don't. There's no uh, discipline has definitely changed over the past couple years, even from when I was in school up this way. Yes, yeah, yeah, it definitely I, changed. I'm so out of the loop since I was in school because I don't have any kids. But like, when did that change? Were you around when they were still like paddling and then they changed that? Do you remember when that was? Uh, I don't remember. You know, it was more um, in in private schools and Catholic schools that I think that that kind of stuck around a little bit longer. Right. But public schools that I think that went away uh, well before I was even in teaching. So oh wow! I'm gonna say yeah, well over you know thirty plus years ago. Man, yeah. we we are old, aren't yeah. we? <laughs> Every time I talk about school, I have to add one more year. I think I'm just going to cap it at 20 plus years and then not tell anybody else. Like, you know, how old I am. There you go. So, you know, I know that you, I've seen you and I met you through Spartan Racing, which most of the people I interview I have. But, I mean, tell us a little bit about, like, like your sports, like, background, like, coming up. Have you always done sports or is it just something that you picked up, you know, as later on in life? So I was not an athlete by any means. Um, I actually took dancing lessons up until I graduated high school. And then when I went off to college, um, right like the summer going into college, I started going to the gym and lifting and I then got into running. Um, so I did a lot of road running back in my early college years. Um, and really fell in love with the gym. I loved lifting. Um, I was, a, you know, I was a lifting geek that would, you know, watch, you know, the different numbers go up and calculate what my percentages of, of my max reps and stuff like that. So I, um, a gym yeah, rat. that's really what shifted me. Yeah, I was a <laughs> wicked gym rat. I was a wicked gym rat until kids, and then that kind of shifted. Um, but yeah, I didn't find Spartan racing until. I had, I had, so I've got a 14 year old and I've got twins that are 11, all girls. Oh, wow. And my twins were, my twins are toddlers when I found Spartan racing. Um, and I didn't get into Spartan until 2014. Right. Um, was my first Spartan race in 2013. I did a couple of like smaller ones, like rugged maniacs and, and that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, and then and that kind of shifted. No, my hand-eye coordination is probably my worst skill. <laughs> um, so me, the spear and I have never really been friends. Um, anything that I have to catch something or throw something, I'm pretty much screwed. Um, but I can run. And that's my. That's kind of like my. That's it's my your, go-to. It's your jam, huh? Yeah, that is my jam. That's where I feel comfortable. So I was like looking through your your athletes, as, and I usually do this, and I saw that w- was your first beast the Killington Beast. It was. Now and- it was I. That was crazy to think about now, knowing Killington. But yeah, it was my first beast. So did did you kind of know like the reputation of that race before you went into it? No, I was a total, um, totally naive when it came <laughs> to anything really OCR. Um, I think my first, so the first Spartan race that I had done, um, I had signed up for a super out in Boston at Barry, Um, and I thought to get my feet wet, um, I would go out and do a tough mutter up at Mount Snow, yep. which... 
you know, a Tough Mudder is definitely not getting your feet wet. And so I was like, what the hell? I'm getting electrocuted. I'm getting gas. <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? Um, and then, yeah, when I did that Killington, so I, I was with a group from um, where I live. There's a group of police officers that do a lot of fundraising. And I kind of just tagged along with them. And they... <laughs> And this is, you know, how naive I was with Killington. They signed up for the afternoon heat and not having a clue what the hell I was getting into. um, All of a sudden, you know, it's getting dark and, and, you know, I'm on, like, I don't even know if I hit. I don't even know if I knew what death march was at that time other than I'm going to die. (laughs) Um, And it was, like, dark and and finishing Killington just for the beast. And I was like, what? This is... I, I obviously have no idea what I'm actually doing out here, but yeah, that's that was my first experience. Yeah, I bet that was that was pretty humbling experience there for sure. Humbling <laughs> and educational. I don't think I ever did anything starting Killington ever later than an eight o'clock start ever again, um, because you never know what Killington is going to throw at you. You. That's exactly right. <laughs> and. And like I also noticed that you your first Spartan Ultra was the 2018 New Jersey Beast, and that and that was that year that that storm rolled through. Were you able to finish before that storm come through, or did you get caught by it too, like some of them did? So my, I was actually the year after. Um, I did the Beast that storm year um, and finished um, well before the storm, in plenty of time for some partying at the, at the venue. Um, but we stayed till that storm hit because Tony Ann was out there doing her ultra and we, we stuck around. Um, but that was a nuts, that was a nuts storm. My first ultra was the year after where it was cold. Oh, and, we started okay. and, they, and they shut down the dunk wall, our second lap. Cause the, the temperature was just like, it was a weird day that, that day. That's right. Cause that was a year I didn't go was the year it was cold. And I was glad when I saw everybody was cold there and I was at the Palm beach sprint enjoying yeah. the weather. <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame you. I would have preferred to be anywhere else other than Jersey cause that weather. And that's just Jersey for you. I think that that Jersey race, whether it's the April or the November, um, mother nature and, and that mountain, they're, they're not kind to you when you're when you're there though, for those races. But have they, they, they definitely put you in your place. <laughs> have they ever had good weather at the, the November New Jersey race there? Because it seemed like every year they have that race. It's super cold, and one year it was like cold and raining, too. I've never – they usually have that race the same weekend the Atlanta Super is, so I usually always go to it just because it's so – it's closer to me. Well, and warmer and smarter. No, I've never <laughs> been to. I have. I have never been to that super when it's been nice out ever. I actually, um, one year I think we started. Actually, I, I my only DNF in a Spartan race was at in Jersey. I rolled my ankle at mile three Ouch. and came down hard and thought I could muster up and keep going and hit the dunk wall and it was numb. For, it was like not even 30 degrees out. It was so cold. Um, and I went to try to climb back up and I, and I like my whole body just went to shock and I was like, I can't, I can't go any further, but Mm. yeah, it, uh, it is. Yeah. That, that mountain is not kind to anybody and mother. Yeah. November is not a fun time to be in New Jersey getting wet. Yeah. New Jersey. I was at the year. Yeah. New Jersey. I was at the year with the, with the super, with the tornadoes or whatever they, the monsoon or whatever. It's nuts. 
Yeah, that was a crazy year for sure. Yeah. And New Jersey is just got a lot of technical running like even on the flat parts i mean the only time you're not technical running at new jersey it seems like is when you are going down the actual going up and down the actual ski slopes there i I would agree yeah i would agree it's really rocky and really loose rocks so you really got to watch your footing yes um there yeah it is a really technical and it doesn't it's deceiving because you wouldn't think but it's a really technical mountain, really, really technical. Yeah. Yeah, we were yeah. signed up to do the Ultra this year, and, of course, COVID canceled it, that one this year. Yeah. So I don't know. We may yeah. do it next year. but Yeah, it it was that, – that Ultra was – that was an experience. That was long. That that, <laughs> that definitely uh, put me in my place that, that year, too, because that was – I think that was the time that they – they had just started the um, – the the loops if you had penalty loops and right. i they called it like the extras like the soup the beast mode and the obstacles you know i'm not tall and they raised everything and they spread oh. the monkey bars out and i was like this is not for someone who's lucky to be five four on her best day <laughs> <laughs> well yeah noelle I brought you on because I wanted to hear about this race that you just did. And this race was a 100-mile race that the Endurance Society uh, does, and it's called Infinitus. And I don't know a lot about the Endurance Society besides I always see, like, I know Crystal Love has done several races there, and she always takes a picture of these cool-ass medals they have with the skeletons on all fours crawling on the ground. And, um... My first question is, is what made you want to sign up for a hundred mile race? Uh, that I get that question actually a lot. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm very lucky to, and I'm using lucky because I, we joke that we all need new friends. Um, I'm very lucky to have a fantastic core group of friends, um, being Tony Ann and Zach and Jen and Kristen, who, um, not only we push each other, but we all have this love for stupid, crazy <laughs> ideas, um, and we will do them together. And so I had Tony and Zach and I um, had just completed last, oh my gosh, last October, um, our first, or 100K. I shouldn't say Zach's 100K first, but it was my first 100K and Tony Ann's first 100K um, at Fit Challenge. Um, and it was over, you know, 24 hours and we had set out to do the 100K, so 60, almost 64 miles. Right. Um, and we finished it. And it was it was a flat course, but it, it was definitely, it was cold and it was got dark really early. And then... Um, you know, just in our talking, it was, we had gotten into these ultras more so, or especially I had, um, they both have been doing them for a while during COVID. And, you know, you just hear of this, you know, the mountain of a hundred miler being like, like saying I did it. Like, you know, a hundred K is a hundred K, but if you can say you did a hundred miler, that's pretty badass. And and so that was really the, the how we got behind it. They were both on board of doing it. And I said, all right, well, I got to do it if you're doing it. So um, the three of us set out 
to do this hundred miler together. And, and that was really kind of how it all came about. Good friends and stupid ideas. And in your post, it said that you were actually were going into the event with a, with a mild knee injury to begin with, right? I did. Yeah. I, I have a torn meniscus in my left knee that I had done just during training. Oh, wow. Um, when the, like, I'm going to say it was probably late March when the ground was starting to thaw up this way. I had gone out to do, um, uh, 30 miles just, and it was loops. It was six mile loops and the ground just started to thaw. And I, I, shifted my knee in one you know one direction the foot went the leg went the other direction and um I tweaked my knee and it just started to lock up on me Mm. um going really it got really really bad probably within the month before the um the infinitus race the 100 miler and I went to my physical therapist and I said I don't care what you need to do with your magic um, but I need a band-aid to get me through. Um, I didn't even say miles. I said I needed to get me through two days. Just get me through two days, <laughs> and then I'm yours, and you can take care of me and whatever you need to do. Um, so he, you know, my angel from heaven, physical therapist, works some magic to, to band-aid it up. And he said, you know, if you never use a knee sleeve, grab a knee sleeve. Um, and I did, and uh, I ended up putting that on a little bit ways in, and it gave me like a bionic leg for a little bit. So it was, it was, that, that felt, actually that felt pretty good for the most, most part. Yeah. You know, and you, you say that, and I've had, I had runner's knee really early on when I started running and I started wearing a knee sleeve on my knee. And it just seems like now that I've started wearing it and I've been wearing it for years, I don't know. I almost wear, it, I guess for like a good luck charm. Cause it seems like every time I take it off, it's like, did I just feel my knee start to hurt? You know, it just feels like it's, I'm so used to having it there. It's like, uh, I, I never, and I've changed them a bunch, you know, and, but yeah. I always have one on. And that's usually why I always run in like, you know, the long tights when I do the Spartan races is because it'll hold the sleeve in place and it won't keep on creeping down on me. Yeah. That was that was a concern because I I was thinking I was going to be running running in shorts, um, so I was concerned with like like it chafing, it blistering, because I've never put anything on to run. I don't even tape anything when I'm running, and right. but um, it was you know even though it was Memorial Day in New England, it was only low fifties, so I had pants on, so it, it definitely helps for the for the stability of it for the pants. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, I slid that thing on. I was like, my God, where have you been all my life? Yeah. This is like a whole new knee right now. Yeah, I always yeah, have problems helps. with, and a lot of times, like, it, it doesn't really bother me anywhere, but like in the crease of my knee or the back of my knee, like just, I guess, because it always bends and pinches there, it'll rub like a raw blister spot behind there sometimes. Yeah. And it drives me crazy. And, uh, one day I didn't have anything. I didn't have any like body glide or nothing like that. And, you know, I was just doing a training run and I had some wet wipes and I just figured, you know what, I'm, I'm going to shove a wet wipe back there in that bend of my knee and see yeah. if that helps. And it works 
it works great. You know, I mean, oh, I don't know if it would work out. for like a 50 K, but you know, like I've, I've done that for like half marathons and it's, and it never bothers me, but it just seems like on the latter part of like an ultra race, you know, it'll yeah, always kind yeah. of just start eating into the back of my knee, you know, and it's, it's, I'm sure it's probably different brands do different things, but yeah. if you ever have any problems okay. with it, you can try that. Cause you know, I've tried like sports tape and wrap and putting back there on that spots and putting band-aids back there on that spots yeah. and it does no good but that wet wipe you just put it there and it it, it works all right all right i'm gonna i'm gonna keep that in the back of my head because i always have wet wipes on me yeah. when i'm doing any long run so i will i will definitely keep that in the back of my head um so far i mean it was only that one time i haven't really slid it back on but right um, I am definitely a fan of this, of this knee brace, you know, yeah. because it was, I've never had a meniscus problem and it was like locking on me. So mine was like the front inside and mm. I would be good running. And then if I just stopped, slowed down, or even if I was on an incline kind of marching and then I went to go run, it just would lock up and, um, oh, I'd have to like loosen it back up. And I was like, I can't do this for a hundred miles. That would, that will suck. Um, but yeah, it's knock on wood. It, it survived a hundred miles. So I, I think that I'm going to, I'm going to go with it from now on. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, we were supposed to do this, uh, Tuesday and I got backed up at work for some really bad reasons. I work maintenance and we had a lot of plumbing issues on Tuesday oh. and it was a shitty day. Um, yeah, <laughs> so you said you were actually had to go to the ER because you were having problems with your knee. So what did you end up finding out? So it actually wasn't my knee. Um, I, it's the same leg It's my left leg. Um, it was one of those that I wasn't paying attention. Um, and it was my ankle. I was at like mile, I don't know, the loops were seven mile loops and 20 mile loops. And I was on my third 20 mile loop and um I hit a stump and the stump just took me like over the front of it um and the entire front of my ankle um I felt it immediately and it just started to swell um and get really really tight and really really painful but you know run I want I'm in mile I don't know 60 plus right. but I'm already into the 20 miles so I'm not t- turning around and when I finished that 20 miles, I had one more 20 mile to go and mm. I wasn't stopping. Um, and so I just, I kept going um, and it just continued as well and continued as well. I think the knee brace was causing kind of the swelling to push down to make it a little bit worse. Um, right. But it was, um, it was just uh, an ankle injury that I I just think I effed it up more by continuing another 30 plus miles. Um, and I had gone to physical therapy when I came back from the race, but I was so swollen. My entire body was so swollen. <laughs> you really didn't look at my, I mean, I was ridiculously swollen. Um, I, he couldn't really look at it. And then I had gone back into him last Friday, um, and just my ankle, like right at the top of my ankle was, um, just like localized swelling. Um, and my foot was still swollen. I couldn't lift my foot. I still can't lift my foot. 
Um, and there was like some numbness. So I had gone for an x-ray that actually did find a stress fracture. Um, but that was it. And then I had gone back to physical therapy this past Tuesday and he didn't like how it looked. My foot was now numb and, Mm. um, still swollen and I still have no range of motion, but he couldn't, I had a very weak pulse in my foot. Um, and he was concerned with, something called compartment syndrome, which I don't know much about, but um, it was his recommendation that I go to an emergency room just because the numbness and the weak pulse. And so um, I did go to an emergency room. Actually, I went to two. The first one was a complete shit show, so I left there and went to the second one. <laughs> um, you were having a bad <laughs> day. <laughs> this is like too crazy. There's too many crazies here, so I have to go, and I'll go to a different one. Um, they were able to find a pulse with um, this kind of like looking ultrasound looking machine, right. um, and still the numbness. So, which is good. They don't think it was compartment syndrome. I, I guess I just didn't have all the symptoms, but I go to an orthopedic specialist tomorrow out in Boston for an MRI and for him to look at it. I, I'm thinking it's just a high ankle sprain with a stress fracture. Um, but I just want to make sure that it's not torn because I've, I'm, I've been sitting around for two weeks and now I'm losing my mind a little bit I'm from sure. not doing anything. So is it still numb? It is still numb. Yeah. It's mm. numb. It burns a little bit. Um, and I just, I can't, I can't flex it. I can point it, but I can't flex it. Right. And if it's, and if I put any pressure on it, um, I tried to ride the bike for a little bit this morning. It just re it gets inflamed again, which is mm. weird to me. I've never had an injury get, inflamed like two weeks after i heard it almost so it's just i don't know yeah i just now i just want answers i the injury doesn't bother me i did it to myself and you know it's well worth it you know i I would do it again in a heartbeat but um now i need answers so i can plan on how to fix it to continue training can you walk on it or you got a crutch or something I have crutches and I have, uh, well, I have, now I have my second air cast because the first one I wouldn't wear. So I have a second air cast and it's, um, right now I have an ace bandage around it just for compression to keep the swelling down. Right. But, um, yeah, I know I can't put pressure on it. I have to, I use crutches right now, um, as much as I, I can. I, I'm not really good at following doctor's orders mm. at all. Um, well, man, I hope that pans out and be good. Yeah, I, me too. I, I want to get back to training. It's, you know, the rest of my body feels really good. Um, I, I recovered really quickly, everything but this one area. So um, I'm antsy to get back to training and get back to the gym. I, I have been doing nothing for two weeks, which is killing me. I don't sit still well. <laughs> I'm not a good patient. Well, I'm sure after doing that many miles, you probably need a good couple weeks rest anyway. Yeah. So I, I, that's what I keep that people keep telling me. You know, after 106 miles, yeah. you know, you I guess it's it's okay to rest for a couple weeks. Yeah, I think you'll you'll be okay with plenty of rest right yeah. now. So this was a loop race, and tell us about these loops. You said that like one was eight miles and one was 20 miles. Like, how how did that work? So the yep, they had two two different loops. Um, the first was like between seven and eight miles and about 1,200 feet of elevation. Um, and that loop was 
beautiful. Like there was just ups and downs and nice, like gradual downs to get some running in. Um, the 20 mile loop was 3000 feet of elevation. And I feel like it was just relentless climb. Actually, that you should feel it was relentless climbs. Um, the first eight miles were fantastic. You can run. There was some ups. There's some downs. Uh, once you hit the first aid station, you then uh, just climbed for two miles, two to three miles oh, wow. actually, uh, with just a bunch of switchbacks. It was it was a mountain bike trail, and so you were just going up and around and up and around, um, and then you would hit the second aid station, which was like a, a mirage because they had hot food and they had a fire going at night. And uh, it was really easy to get like sucked in and not want to leave. Um, and then from 14 to 20 plus, it you just climbed again. It was, again, another three, three mile climb, you'd level out a three mile climb. It was just, it was endless climbs. Um, so we did that, we did 720 three times. And then you finished your very last loop with a 20 mile, with the last 20. Um, and when we finished the third 20, um, I was hurting and I looked at my watch and my watch said I was at 85 miles. And I was like, hold on. I know I haven't slept, but 85 and 20 does not add up to a hundred. Yeah. And like, I, I had like a complete mental breakdown. I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I can do like, it's a 10 K, but it's a 10 K of climbing. And I don't know if I have it in me to do like 105. It turned out to 106 miles, but I was like, wow, this is effing crazy. Like, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a really, um, it was a tough course. I, I definitely, I don't know why I underestimated the climbs because I was in Vermont, like an hour north of Killington. So right. that was just stupid on my part because I should never <laughs> underestimate Vermont. Um, right. But it was, yeah, Andy, uh, the owner of Endurance, he put on one badass course, um, for, for these runners. Like it was, and, and there were people that were crazier than us, which is a whole other thing. Like it was just nuts. Um, but these courses, yeah, it was relentless. Yeah, it really was. I saw that they had distances like from eight miles all the way up to a 888 K, which I mean, that's insane. That's like 500 and something miles, isn't it? <laughs> yeah 540 something miles. Yeah. I, I, like i i feel like like i was on like you know if we're talking like ski slopes i was like on like the blue square like because there were people that were way more badass than us there were two guys um one who i believed as spartans but i don't know his name that actually completed the 888 um wow. which I had to ask some, we, he was in there when we finished, when we completely finished, he was in there sitting and I turned to one of the volunteers. I said, can you just, I, I can't do math right now. What does that break down to an average a day? Like what, what do you have to do to hit that? He's like, you have to hit basically an 88 K. So 54 plus miles a day Wow. for 10 days. 
and then sprinkle in seven someplace else. And I was like, that bad. I can't, I can't even imagine. But yeah, that no to way. Me is just super. That's that's inhumane. That I don't even know how someone's body did that, especially on that course. Like that is just nuts to me. Yeah, that's crazy. Absolutely nuts. But yeah, he catered to all different levels. I mean, it was really. It was super impressive the way what he does with these events. Yeah, because it was an eight mile. It was a one day marathon. Crystal was there. She did the Deca marathon, and she so that was five marathons in five days. Oh wow! There were people doing. Yeah, there were people doing. No, that was a Penta. There was people doing a Deca marathon. It was ten marathons across ten days. Um, so yeah, he there was. It was it was a really really cool way that he he put this whole. It was almost like a a festival of like days and days and days of, of events. Was there a bunch yeah, of people there? Cool. There were, I mean, we got there on Thursday um, and it was at an old inn up in Brandon, Vermont, Blueberry Hill Inn. And the, the back half of the inn was just this huge field that you set up tents. You had tents and you had like your pitting area, but people slept there all week or two right. weeks. Um, so yeah, it was this huge festival area. He cooked; they cooked for you lunch and dinner oh, cool. at the pitting area, and then at the um, at one of the aid stations. They had music going. They had an indoor like um, like lodge thing that you can go in and warm up at night. And yeah, it was it was a really fun fun venue. Yeah, it was different. It, I had never been to anything like that before, but it was. It was really, really cool. The energy level was insane. It sounds pretty cool. Um, yeah. So you said you had like a, a pit area. How often did you get to come to your pit area during the race? Because I heard you said there's 20-mile loops and a 7-mile loop. Were you being able to hit those in between every single loop? Or was it uh, like how did that work? So every loop. So you actually, um, the 7-mile the and the 20-mile both came in and ended at the same, like the last mile and a half of both of those loops merged together and finished at the same place. Oh, cool. And so you, yeah. So you would come in to the festival area where everybody was. Um, and we had our tents set up right on the 20 mile course line. So we would go in, um, depending on the time of day, our pits were different like lengths, um, and we, I learned really quickly that these events you can't do on your own. Um, we had one of our friends, Jen, who was like now labeled superhero pit mama because <laughs> she took care of, she took care of all of us. She switched out her packs. Um, we had different packs for different, uh, lengths. She heated up soup for us. So we cool. were able to stop there and switch out our packs before we went back out um, or change when it was getting cold and stuff like that, which is really, really good to, to be able to have that quick check-in point and then head back out to make sure you have all of your, your stuff. Cause once you hit that 20 mile, there's no, there's no turning back. So you have to have everything, everything with you. So, um, but yeah, it was, yeah. So how many aid stations were they? I heard you talk about two. Was there one on each one of the loops? No. So the, um, the seven mile didn't have any aid station. Right. Um, the 20 mile 
the first eight, well, the first aid station was just a water station. Right. Um, there was nobody there manning it. And then at mile 14 is where you had your true aid station um, for like either, you know, medics, if you needed something they had, they were making grilled cheeses. They made um, like pan fried potatoes. They made quesadillas for us. Sweet. They had goldfish and Swedish fish and pickles. And they had this buffet of, of junk food amazing amazing <laughs> yeah amazing junk food it was like you know being a five-year five-year-old again and you were like eating grilled cheese and swedish fish at the exact same time yeah. um but it was heavenly at that moment but yeah but it was just that really that one that that was supported by 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 people yeah. so so how did you decide like to how were you going to fuel for this and what were you taking out on you on every lap so my um the seven mile loop i had a waist belt that had just um like a 20 ounce water in it that i kept it as water right and then in my belt i had um about 400 calories um maybe a little bit more as i got a little bit further of nutrition so um, I, I don't do goos very well. So I had like granola bars. I had, um, different things that I could just eat really quickly during that. And then the 20 mile loop, I wore a vest, a hydro, like a hydro vest. Right. And I had pre-packed before I went into it, um, Ziploc bags of six, 800 calories of food that we then, she would then stick in my, my vest while I was out on the seven. And I also then had a pre-packed med bag. So it had Tylenol, Motrin. I had Tums in there. Um, <laughs> I smart. had, yeah, I had an extra, um, so I had Tailwind in my pack at that one. And then I had some extra electrolytes in there in case I started to feel that, that I needed a, a little bit more, like either caffeine or booster or whatever it was. Um, so I had those all pre we were really, really organized when we started. <laughs> By the end of it, it looked like Armageddon hit this tent because sure. I don't know how we found anything. By the end, and then when we would come in, I would have like something more substantial. Like I had um, uncrustables, I had soup, I had um, different things that I like. I could eat, eat while I was changing, right? And and then head back, and then head back out. Um, but yeah, everything I had was pre-done going into it in my bin just so that I could, so, cause I knew that she would be the one doing it for me so that she could just grab it and stick it in my pouches and, and stuff like that. Um, and I needed to have gum and chapstick. Those are two of the things that I always need in my pack is gum and chapstick before I head back out there. That's um, a true friend yeah. y'all had there. It, she, I mean, I gotta say, I have never had someone pitting for me. Um, but she raised the bar for pitting because Jen was a superhero. Like, I she needs a crown, a cape, <laughs> and the title of pit boss mama for the rest of her life because it was. And she did it for all three of us. So we each didn't have our own. She did it for all of us, which God bless her because we <laughs> we were a shit show by the end of it all. Oh, I'm sure. And then she actually did her own. She did her own 88k the next day. So oh, she went cool. out and ran yeah so it was she was very selfless it was yeah she was a really really good friend 
Well, that's awesome because yeah. that way she got something out of it too. You know, that way she was able to do her race too and still help with y'all. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, I, it was it was amazing. So I know that you and Tony and Zach, y'all all kind of s- stuck together during this race, and it was a, a little over forty hours for y'all to finish yeah. the race. Like, how did y'all stay awake? I mean, would y'all just nudge each other, punch each other in the arm, stay awake? Because I'm sure <laughs> that like all of y'all had to like go through your own demons and like slumps during the race. Like, how did y'all snap each other out of it when somebody would yeah. say, you know what? I don't think I can finish this, you know? Yeah. So we did, we, each of us, and, and it's funny, like anytime you do, like, especially if it's loops, everybody has a bad loop. Like right. we said it from the beginning, we've done a bunch of like different things all together. We did like the, the Yetis together and stuff like that. And so, Everybody has a bad loop. Um, and we each did. And, you know, there was a point that Zach wasn't feeling well. And initially we had Pinky promised <laughs> that nobody would hold each other, anybody back. So if we were feeling we weren't going to make it, you needed to go ahead. Um, but we quickly realized that that's not how we were going to roll because, one, doing those 20-mile loops by yourself is a mental F in general, um, especially at night. And so, you know, there was a point that Zach wasn't feeling well and he wanted to like have his own time, but then he, he, I don't know, he hauled ass and caught up with us. Um, Tony Ann had said that she had a time that she didn't feel well. And by the end of the race, when I was in so much pain, it was me. Um, And it was really just talking to each other. Like we were just, we, uh, we we can talk for hours, so it was really just changing the subject, having conversations, um, laughing at the stupidity of what we were getting ourselves into. Um, but there was definitely, yeah, there were definitely moments that, like, I, I know for me that, I mean, I said to them in the at the, the water station of the very last loop, you guys need to go ahead because I'm, it's going to take me a long time on this foot. Um, and Zach actually said we could, we're not, but we could, um, we were doing, we're finishing this bitch together and just a friend saying that, um, lifts you up. Right. And you know, when, uh, when we had hit mile 80, that mile 85, Tony Ann actually had gone ahead of Zach and I, um, cause Zach wasn't feeling well. And, um, I had already rolled my ankle once. And so Zach and I were saying together, Tony Ann ran ahead and we thought that she just kept going. Like, cause we told her to like, just keep going. Um, and when we finished that, that last loop and I, I saw the mile 85, I actually called home, um, and started to cry. And I was like, I don't think I, I can do this. Um, pulled myself together, walked to the tent. And I thought only Zach was there. And I hear Tony Ann's voice and I just like, I cried, laughed and got excited all at the exact same time because now I knew we were all finishing this together. Um, and that was like the best feeling ever. We just hugged and we went out there. Um, the last, so after the last aid station, which was at mile 14, again, you got six plus miles to go, which 10 K you can burn through a 10 K and well under an hour on flat. And Zach said, we just got about three hours to go. <laughs> like, You've 
gotta be Evan right <laughs> three hours six miles but it was like now delirium set in like now we were laughing like this has got this is just a, we are in this sick weird dream and our mind started to really screw with us during that last six miles the mist started to settle we the our headlamps were like on the mist um i was thinking that the shadows from tony ann's trek poles were like animals coming alongside of her she looked at me like six times and thought that I look like Noah's Ark, and my and my checks poles were like way above my head. <laughs> it was just we. It was like the weirdest non-trip trip that I think anybody's ever been on because our minds were just we were looped. Like we had now been up for you know close to forty-eight hours. Um, we just none of us were even making any sense, and. Uh, we then got past the last climb and we knew it was pretty much downhill and we had already mapped out because we had done it three other times, like how long before you get to this mark. So we started doing that. Um, and once we got to the last, I think it's like a quarter mile, um, we all stopped and it was like right at the inn itself. And we stopped and we just hugged each other. And it was like, we just, we were about to finish this and it was mental at that point. Like, it, the pain was numb. It was just a mental, emotional moment. And, like, we just hugged and I cried. And, uh, you know, we all were just like, let's just finish. And we and we all ran in together. And it was, it was really, it, it was surreal. It really was to be able to do something I never thought I would do with, you know, friends like that. Um, but, yeah, we, I don't know if it's something that, I mean, I know people do it, but, Having people with me uh, was really, really important to me at that at that moment. Like that was, like it was, it was tough. It, it sounds yeah. like it, you know, because when you think about how long that took, and you know, and you always hear about when people do world's toughest mutters, you know, it's the community that that helps people stay out there and keep going too. And I can imagine, you know, being with a couple of good friends that probably just made the race go by way quicker than it would if you were, you know, on your own trying to finish it, you know. Oh, absolutely. And I don't think we ever got tired during it. It was more of like the mental stress that that our bodies were under. Like I it we knew how long we were out there, but the the falling asleep part was like I brought espresso beans and I didn't even eat those. Like it was it was so you kept moving. It was just the the mental piece of like knowing that 20 mile loop has got so much longer to go. Um, but yeah, having, having good friends out there, I had, when I had finished, I had said, um, I don't know if it was in the post or wherever, but you know, this event changed me in the sense of, you know, going through something so incredibly hard with people to me was more rewarding than any time that I've gone out to do a Spartan for competition. Right. Like it was, it was really like a, a rewarding moving. I had, you know, no goals other than completing. Um, and, and just to be able to say that, like we crossed that finish line together was, was pretty unbelievable. Yeah. It was pretty cool. 
I bet that was a truly awesome moment there. Um, so you finish this race, you know, and accomplish this, you know, awesome feat. Like, what what are you doing, like, after this race besides going home and, like, sleeping for 24 hours? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, in our heads, we were finishing a lot earlier. And so we had this game plan. Um, you know, we brought coolers of drinks. I brought champagne. Um and we thought we'd be hanging out at the venue, but we get in and now it's two o'clock in the morning. Mm. Um, and it's dark. Like there are people in the lodge, but there's people sleeping in the lodge. So uh. it was really quiet. Um, it was cold and really, really windy. Like it, it dropped to like 32, 33 degrees. Wow. Um, chilly. and so we, yeah, it was cold and I don't like the cold and I am from new England and I hate the cold. Um, and so we went back to the tent um, and popped some champagne and had champagne. And then we really just got out of there. We had a hotel um, about half hour, 40 minutes away that Jen drove us to. Um, we had some champagne in the room and we just kind of fell asleep. It wasn't until the next day that we really got to kind of soak it all in and celebrate when we went back to the venue um and just kind of stay there and had a couple drinks and took us more pictures than you know paparazzi takes of plenty i don't know who else but we took them out ourselves um i'm surprised yeah i'm surprised that tony didn't take out her megaphone and uh holler at everybody in the festival area when she got done with the race <laughs> so we we did both have our megaphones with us um i just don't think we could have found them because we made such a mess in the tent uh we did both bring the megaphones uh thinking that we would be a little bit more rowdy than we were um that's funny it was yeah we we um i don't it was we were so excited but then um I, I don't know. I wouldn't even say disbelief. Like it was just like, holy shit, we're done. Like yeah. that was like that feeling. Um, and it, like, you just didn't know. I think all of our minds started to go like of like things, just thinking about it. And then, um, you know, then the next day it was, we were back to our, our old selves. We, <laughs> we slept from, I think we slept from four thirty. 4.30 in the morning um, till 9.30. Oh, wow. And then we were back to the venue for, like, noon because um, we had to break down camp and stuff like that. Right. Um, but, yeah, we hung out there and, and did our thing there for a little bit. So it had a cutoff for 48 hours, and y'all finished in a little over 40 hours. But did you going into the race, did y'all have, like, a pace strategy for the event? So I did, um, well, yes, yeah, well, I think we all did. Um, I know that I want, my original goal was between 30 and 35 hours. Um, and I had estimated that really with no science behind it, just that <laughs> I, had I had completed the hundred K. So 64 miles, almost 64 miles in 15 and a half hours. Um, and that was nonstop, the same idea. Those are five mile loops and we just kept going. And so mm -hmm. I was like, all right, so 63, 64 miles in 15 and a half hours, you know, I should be able to get another 37 
at least in another, you know, 15 hours. Um, what I didn't, and then I know that Zach originally had wanted, um, I think he said under 30, he was looking at what a traditional cutoff is for a hundred miler, which right. I had no, no thought in my head. So I, I think it's 30, but I had no idea because I knew that it was out of my, out of my reach. Um, and so I didn't factor in the elevation. Um, I didn't, I definitely didn't factor in the elevation and I didn't factor in the cold. Um, I was hoping Memorial day was going to be a lot warmer, um, cold weather and I don't like each other. Um, and then when they so kindly gave us those extra six miles, um, oh man, that would have been upsetting. That, <laughs> yeah. That just, that, and they laughed at me when I pointed it out to them. They're like, yeah, it's well over a hundred. I'm like, well, you could have like told us this beforehand. Right. Um, it was so those different things and then when I rolled my ankle I was like you know it right now I just I want to finish like there's so you kind of throw all initial hopes out the window and it, now it's survival and I will finish this if it's on my hands and knees type of thing so right um but yeah I did have a goal and in, initially but that's <laughs> That quickly changed. So it, it, it slowly but surely turned into, we just want to finish. <laughs> that's exactly, that's all it was. And and we were really conservative at our pits. Um, I think that going in, you know, we, we took a long time pitting at some points, um, you know, and that's where you could trim off some of that time. So I think that there's, there's definitely places we could have, you know, kind of slowed, you know, quickened it or, you know, made it a little faster. But um, I don't regret the time we took to pit because, uh, you know, the cold, we wanted to make sure that we want to make sure that we were prepared so that we could finish type of thing. So, so what was your um, longest pit, you think? The long, the, the longest pit was definitely in the middle of the night. Um, we had finished one of the 20 miles at 2.30. Um, and we then had to go to the seven mile loop and we didn't get out to, to the seven mile loop until 4am. So that was an hour and a half. Oh, minute. wow. Uh, yeah, it was a really long time. We were cold. It was windy, cold. Um, and so we kind of just collected our body heat to get back out there. Um, and so that was a really long, that was a long, long pit, um, the nice thing was when we started at 4 a.m., it wasn't dark for very, very long, which was nice. But that did eat into our time a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Right. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's one of those things you just, you know, you don't know. And a survival of, of, of what you need to do. And um, But there's definitely places that you look back and you're like, ah, I didn't really need that much time. Or I could have done this a little differently. Or, yeah. you know, you plan, plan differently. But, but that's okay. If you were going to do this race again, what would you do differently? At the same place. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I might change the venue. Um, Might change the elevation. Um, You know, it's funny. When we were out there, um, we all swore we were done. One and done. Mm. Um, And then I actually listened to Zach do a, a different podcast and he said he's going to do another one. I was like, son of a bitch, I thought we were done. <laughs> um, you know, I think for this particular one, um, now that I know the climbs, um, 
you know, I think that my strategy of running would have been a little bit different, you know, Mm -hmm. not that we were running any of the climbs, but, um, I think I would have taken more advantage of the downs more than I did. Um, just to eat that time up, right? Like just to you know make it faster, and then I definitely, you know, would transition differently. I think now, you know, we knew the weather, but I guess we didn't really, we didn't play, we didn't pay enough attention to it. Um, I would have kind of like prepared myself for those transitions a little bit quicker because that that definitely ate a lot of the time. It didn't eat the momentum because you went back out there, but right. it definitely ate a lot of the time um, for that. So I think those would be two two things that I would definitely do differently. Um, I had never used trucks poles ever. Like I had to have you shown there how to use them. Right. Um, and I didn't know how to run it. Like I knew nothing about them. I was like, this is, I probably should have thought this through before <laughs> using them for the first time on a hundred miler. Um, but I think I, I did not use those for the first seven and the first 20. I don't know if I would use them again then. Um, some people use them the entire time. I don't know if that was any help. Um, I think that I would train more with them of how to run. Um, I think it messed up my 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 like momentum running. Yeah, I have um, no I idea. I've never run with them either, so I wouldn't know either. Yeah, like I didn't know what to do, like how to put them down type of thing. Um, mm. And then lifting them makes your arms tired. Mm. So I think I would do a little bit more training with those for something like this because you definitely need them. I think you just need to be able to use them a little bit more That's um, a good tip. efficiently than I definitely did. Right. So did yeah. you ever have a, a like a foot care problem? Like were you getting blisters? Did you change your sock shop, your socks or your shoes or anything like that? So I changed my socks. I didn't have any blister problems um, until the very, very end. Uh, luckily, we I changed my socks um, after each, um, every time I finished, uh, well, not the first seven, but every time I finished the second seven, right. um, going back out to the 20, I changed my socks. <clears throat> and for the nighttime, I wore two, two different ones. Um, I did buy... Um, really good mud gear socks at the cushion on the bottom yeah and i i forget the brand but really good um trail socks because we were told that they weren't that bad but we were told that the bugs would be insane from years past but it was so cold that it didn't so i had really good not compression socks but trail socks that had really good cushioning on the bottom right um for that but my shoes I didn't, I changed them for a seven mile and I was like, I don't really know why I changed them. Um, they weren't wet. I just, so I put my other ones back on, um, and they felt really good. My, my shoes, um, yeah, felt, felt really good. What'd you run in? Luckily. Um, I wear topos actually. Um, I, yeah, I want to look into some hocus for, for trails like that. That's what Zach uses. Um, but I use the new, Ooh, I forget the model of them. The new topos that have a really good um, uh, cushion on the bottom. That's right. what I've been using. Um, but they're like a five millimeter drop. You can't do zero drops, but those are about five millimeter. Um, and they were really, really comfortable. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone who wanted to do this exact race? Um, you know, I think just from my own experience, 
I would say for the first one, at least find one person that you know that you're running is the same pace that you that you are very comfortable with um you know they're running and how in staying with them and that you can stay with um for that morale piece of it i think that for this particular one i think that that would be my my first my biggest piece of advice i don't think that as a first one i would unless you you've done 100 100 milers before right i would say bring have somebody with you and you definitely need someone pitting for you when you get back there because your mind is not thinking of what you need when and so you need that clear mind going into it um into the next into the next one so those are the two things that i would think of for the actual event for the training, you know, I think that it comes down to time on your feet. Right. Um, but not taking away from the strength part of it. Uh, I've done that before. I've I've trained for other running races where I neglected my strength training and went into just solid running and I found myself hurting myself. Um, so making sure that you're really taking care of your your body leading up to that um with not only time on your feet but your your strength component um is really really important so what was your like weekly mileage like going into this event so every every weekend i would do anywhere between 20 and 25 miles um leading up to it once i did the um six the 100k in october i kind of just other than like Christmas, I kept my miles up. Right. Um, so I do, you know, anything between five and six a day, um, whether it is an aerobic or um, interval training for some speed work mm-hmm. um, or just even like working in some running with some like other uh, lifting things. And then on the weekend, I would hit a trail and do, and I would build up, um, but I would go up, you know, the last couple of months to about 20 sometimes 25 miles um on the weekends and that's what i maintained right up right up until that um but my weekdays i i i've got three kids and and i work so it was it was really morning i couldn't hit more than five five six miles a day well cool well yeah i noel i think i'm done with questions for you know your event and everything but was there anything you wanted to add from the race that I might not have questioned? Um, not at, well, not about the race. I think that, you know, if, if there's anyone that's looking for, and I, and I've only done this one endurance society, um, race. I know that he has, um, Zach has said an amazing snowshoe event in the winter. Um, and he puts on a really uh, unbelievable event. And I know he's got a couple this summer that I'm going to be looking into. Um, but it's really chill. Everybody's there to support one another. And, you know, if if you are interested in getting out and doing some, some cool trail work, regardless of the distance that you want to do, um, I would definitely recommend looking up Endurance Society. Um you know, and doing, and doing one of these, I, I'm going to look to see, uh, crystals asked me if I was going to be doing a, one of the marathon, either the Pento or the Deca next year. And I, I kind of laughed at her, but uh, marathon running is, is kind of my sweet spot. So, um, 
I might look into that, but it's definitely endurance society is something that I would highly recommend if you're looking for some cool trail trail races. Yeah, and they got some cool skeleton medals too. That's what that oh, makes me want to do yeah. one of their races because I just want to get one of those cool medals because I'm a metal whore. Oh, they look really me, cool. Oh, me too. And and the hundred miler is actually a buckle too. Oh, um, sweet. It, yeah. He, yeah, those medals um, are really sweet. And I had emailed him afterwards, um, and he had translated the Latin that's on the bottom, but it pretty much means um, physical and mental fortitude. So it's, that's uh, awesome. it, it's a real, it, yeah. And the volunteers are amazing. Like, yeah, but those medals are badass. Like, they are. <laughs> Do it for the medal, if not anything else. <laughs> that's definitely. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good thing to leave off on. <laughs> yeah, it is really cool. Um, we're getting on an hour here, but I always have a question that I ask everybody that comes on the show. And <clears throat> what I want to ask is, is to this date, what has been your most favorite race and why? Ooh. Um, you know, I, Oh, I don't know. Um, my most favorite race, uh, you know, I think, I think if I were to say my, my most favorite, although this is going to be my most memorable, right. um, I cried a lot in it, so I don't know if I'll call it <laughs> favorite. Um, my, the ultra that I did in Jersey, um, again, Tony Ann and I run a lot together. Um, and completing my first Spartan ultra, uh, with her and having the, the festival right there and having all of my girls right there when we finished, um, and popping champagne to hop the fire, um, <laughs> was probably, uh, one of my most favorite, favorite races that, and that weekend alone, um, was a really special weekend. So that, I would have to say, you know, even though Jersey race and I are not always the best of friends, <laughs> uh, that would be my, my most favorite race. Um, however, with that said, I am right now training for the Boston Marathon. Oh, wow. Um, That's cool. And that I'm from Boston and this has been a dream of mine since I worked it right out of high school and it's the 125th. So, um, this one coming up is, is going to be pretty, pretty special to me in October. So, um, looking forward to that one also. That is awesome. You, what races do you have on the books coming up? You got any Spartan ultras you're planning this year? So I I actually don't yet. Um, I was a little gun shy to start signing up for too many Spartans. Um, I, I am planning on going to Palmerton. Obviously that's not, um, an ultra, but I'll be in Palmerton. Um, and then I don't even know when the next ultra possibly down the Carolinas, if, if that would be, um, I know a couple of years ago, that's when they had that monsoon. Yep. Um, that was pretty scary too. Um, that was so much fun, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, I have to start signing now that I feel confident that Spartan's back. Um, I've missed it a lot. I, I'm not going to lie. I had a lot of, um, envy in Ohio when everybody's posting their pictures last weekend. I know. Right. Me too. 
Oh, and it, you know, and it's flat and deceiving, and I am really, really jealous that I wasn't there. Um, <laughs> so I got to start. I got to start looking um, at some. Um, you know, we had Indian Mud Run. That's that's coming up. That's on the books, um, and that's that's a fun one. So. A couple of now. I got to get back and OC. I got to. I got to get back to the gym and lift, or I'm going to embarrass myself yeah. even on a monkey bar. So it's, <laughs> I got I to shift my gear a little bit. All right, Noel. Last question: What race yes. have you disliked the most, or hated the most, and why? Um. You know, I'm going to probably have to go back to Jersey um, <laughs> only because it was my only DNF when I rolled my ankle. Right. Um, and it ended up as a tear. and I, It put me out of commission for a while. Mm. Um, so Jersey and I have definitely have a love-hate relationship. Um, and that goes back. That tear was oh, 17, I think, it was when I tore that. Um, but, yeah, it was – that was – Having your band cut off at a at a Jersey race or any Spartan race um, is pretty devastating. Yeah, it is. So I'd have to say, yeah, I don't want that to ever happen again. Right. I've always said to Jason Barnes, I do not want to be one of the ones that you're <laughs> laughing at as you're cutting off my band. So uh, I'd have to say that one. All right, Noel, I'm out of questions. Yeah. Is uh, there anything you want to add or where people can follow you on Instagram or Facebook or anything like that? Uh, no, I, I don't have anything to add. I mean, please, by all means, follow me on, um, you know, Facebook. It's Noelle Hersey Colbert, um, or on Instagram, um, it's Noelle Colbert 76. Um, but please, I would love to, I'm getting, I'm really excited to, I've missed all the faces of, of Spartan races. So I'm hoping to see everybody, um, really, really, really soon. I've missed, I've missed that. Yeah, I have too. I've done a few races, but I mean, and it's so great to be back at a Spartan race and just see everybody too, you know, so I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. You know, I, yeah. I hope, I hope we don't have any problems and all the races take place. Yeah, me too. Me too. Will you be in Palmerton this year? I'm planning on it. Yep. All right. We, we will see you. We will definitely see you then. Yeah, we will. Well, thanks again, Noel, for taking yes. time to do this. Thank you, Scott. I greatly appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Noel again for taking the time to do this. Um, I enjoy talking to people about doing ultra events. It doesn't matter if it's Spartan or just an ultra trail run. I mean, all the emotions that go into those events, you know, you've never had those emotions in your life until you've done that event. And when I hear somebody talk about this, you know, amazing feat that they've accomplished, whether it be their first marathon or their first 50K, 50 miler, whatever, you hear their experience and it makes you just, man, I want to sign up. I want to feel what they felt when they went across the finish line. You know what I mean? And they did it as a group and of, you know, friends and I mean, can you just imagine just the awesome memories that they took away from this event? I mean, it just sounds really cool. And I know how I feel when, I mean, the longest I've ever done was just 50 K's. And I know I always get to a point every time I do a 50 K and I think, Nope, I'm good with this distance. I don't think my body wants to do more than this, you know? And 
I always tell myself that when I'm doing the race. And, you know, but I've always want to do more when I hear people's stories like I've signed up for a 50 miler, you know, or I'm signing up to do world's toughest mutter, you know. So, I mean, I've never done nothing more than a 50K, like I said, but, I mean, just when I hear stories like this one today, it just makes me want to go to the next level in my endurance, you know, and just say, well, maybe I should sign up for that 50 miler, you know. But anyway, I just, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm pumped up, you know, I just get pumped up when I hear endurance stories, and this was a good one, and uh, I hope you all enjoyed it. Anyway... I will be doing my first ultra event coming up in the end of this month, the Fayetteville Ultra. So I hope to see a lot of y'all there. Um, I'm not doing anything the rest of this month until that. So I'm also I'm so signed up to do the super and the sprint for that Sunday too. But if I feel like crap after the ultra, I'm probably just going to come up there and hang out. Or, you know, if I have to walk the super and the sprint, I might just walk the super and the sprint. But anyway, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and uh, we'll see you at the next race. Peace.